Hey, you'll get to um, talk a little bit more to each other after the service. Thank you, Lord, for what you've been doing so far this morning, how you've been speaking to us and, um, and through that worship. Who's been encouraged already this morning by the service? Yeah, cool. Hey, Lord, would you just speak through these words uh, today, this simple uh, message and preaching. Thank you, Father, that uh, your Holy Spirit's here and that you, you um, love speaking to us and talking to to us. I want you to imagine that you're out for dinner with your friends, and you're in a restaurant, and it's packed full of people, and it's noisy, and it's hard to hear the conversation that's going on across the other side of the table. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? You know, even the person beside you, you can barely pick up what they're saying. <clears throat> and you have this choice. You know, do you just kind of sit back and, and kind of tune out, just nod politely at appropriate times? disengage, or do you lean in and really seek to engage uh, in meaningful conversation? Well, this morning, I want to encourage you to lean in to God. James 4.8 says, draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. And this isn't just a one-time thing. We lean in continually so that we're positioned to hear and to step into all that God has for us. We were on holiday up at Kai Territory over New Year's, and for the first five days that we were there and would go to the beach, Nadia would just be, our th little three-year-old, would just be happy uh, playing on the beach with her toys. You know, she'd stay in sort of within a, media, a meter radius and just kind of um, be having a great time. But I'd ask her if she wanted to come out in the water with Dad, and, and she would give a very emphatic no. So, you know, I had my work cut out for me. But after a while scheming, I eventually managed to draw her out in the water. And then, of course, you know what happened next. She didn't want to get out of the water. <laughs> she was loving it so much. And I think that we can do the same as adults. We like to stay in our safe, comfortable place, where we're in control, where there's less risk of getting uncomfortable. But are we missing out on something? In the last seven years, I've been pretty busy on the, on the beach, uh, we traveled, did a house renovation, my career's progressed, uh, we've got two incredible kids. But in some areas, I think I've been reluctant to jump into the water. Like Nadia, I've probably had some good practice at saying no. What if I get in too deep, you know? What if, what if the waves are too big? Or if it's a little bit chilly? Well, the last few months, I, I feel like I'm stepping into that water, and uh, and it can be a little bit scary, but I know that my heavenly dad is with me. See, looking ahead, I don't want to simply do what I can in life. I want to do what I can't do without God. I want to do things that I can't even imagine right now doing. Ephesians 3.20 says, All glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. So God's got an adventure for your life that's better than you can imagine. Many Christians, Don stole my words this morning, can tell you what they're saved to, but not what they're saved for. The thing is, in this noise, busyness, perplexity of life, we can sometimes miss what it is that God has for us, what his big plan is, and how we get to play a part. So how do we know what plans that God has for us this year in 2021? How do we recognize when he's speaking to us? How do we respond? 
So there were two men. They were traveling down the road. And things had not gone as they had hoped. They were disappointed, disillusioned, confused, questioning. The story is in Luke 24, and it's three days after Jesus was crucified. I'm just going to read it. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? And they stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know these things that have happened in these days? You know, Hello, have you been living under a rock? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was, he was the one that was going to redeem Israel. And what's more, it's been three days since all this took place, and some of our women amazed us. They, they went to the tomb early in the morning, and they didn't find his body. They came and told... Uh, yeah, they came and told us that they'd seen visions of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb, and it was just as the woman had said, they did not see Jesus. So these men, they were kept from recognizing Jesus, at least for now. And we live in a world where many people don't recognize Jesus. They don't see him for who he truly is. They might tell you who they think he is. Cleopas says he was a, a prophet, a misconception that's held by many today. And some might say he was a good man or a teacher or, or one of many ways to, to get to heaven, but I would sincerely question if they've ever read the Bible or heard the good news. Up until I was about 20, I, I didn't have to wear glasses. I would see friends and enthusiastically wave out to them, say hello, and get this unfamiliar response back, and it was only as I got closer to them that I, I realized they were a complete stranger. <laughs> I'd be at KFC pretty much climbing over the counter, trying to read the words on the menu. I'd be pulling over under a street sign to see, now is this the one I need to turn down? I hadn't really realized how blurred my vision was. I thought it was normal that KFC just needed to increase their font. <laughs> Does anyone relate? <laughs> These two men probably didn't have any issues with their physical eyesight, but they were spiritually unaware of Christ's presence that he had risen and that he was, he was now close to them. Acts 17, Paul says to the people of Athens, God's purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way towards him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. Even when we don't necessarily see it or feel it, Jesus can be right there near us. Psalm 34, 18 declares the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. These two blokes would have been feeling pretty crushed, confused. Their faces were downcast. Cleopas says we had hoped he was the one that was going to redeem Israel. Their idea of a savior, of a, of a Messiah, was not God's idea. It was likely that they expected that you know, Jesus would boot out the Romans, occupiers, take charge, not suffer and die a criminal's death on a cross. 
And while there were these strange reports of angels and, and a missing body, they were getting out of there. Their hope was gone. It, it was over. If they stayed, maybe they'd be arrested and put to death like Jesus. Maybe they were going back to their old life, pre-Jesus. And in life, we face things that, that don't make sense, that don't go to any kind of sensible plan. We, we face complexity and pain. Many can lose hope for their future, hope for their marriage. Here are two guys that are walking away, and yet Jesus is right there. He finds these two men, and he chooses to walk with them. He chooses to journey with them. He could have revealed who he was in an instant and been like, ta-da, you know, maybe hovered mid-air. Hey, guys, I'm alive. Instead, he comes alongside them. He starts a conversation. He says, what are you guys discussing? What, what's been happening? What's going on in your world? It's not that he didn't know. I think just often Jesus will meet people at wherever they're at. And he's actually okay if we've got questions, if we don't have it all figured out, if we're discouraged. He came to bring hope. Romans 5 speaks of a hope that will not lead to disappointment. That when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. And it says, rejoice when we have problems and trials, for they help develop endurance and character and, and strengthen that hope. Paul, he faced a lot of these and, and learned this firsthand, but in 2 Corinthians 7, he says, when we arrived in Macedonia, there was no rest for us. We faced conflict from every direction, with battles on the outside and fear on the inside. But God, who encourages those who are discouraged, encouraged us by the arrival of Titus. His presence was a joy, and so was the news he brought. It goes on. God knows your name. He sees where you are right now. He sees the battles that you're facing, both on the outside and the inside. And he is the God who encourages the discouraged. It's there in his word. A friend uh, from church was telling me recently that they'd received some bad news and a few weeks back, and as they were just at home absorbing this, they were saying to God, it would be great if someone could reach out to us right now. Moments later, they get a text from Don. Isn't that cool? God encourages those who are discouraged. Are there times when you've experienced God's encouragement from a fellow believer, just as Paul did? Or, or maybe on the flip side, God's got people for you to encourage. And if you just lean in, ask him, he'll give you a name or two, I'm sure of it. Jesus doesn't shy away from these disciples who are deserting him. They may have given up on him, but he does not give up on them. We see Jesus do the same with Peter, who denied Jesus three times, and yet after Jesus had risen, he searches him out. He goes for a walk with him along the lake. We see Jesus restore that relationship with Peter, reaffirm the call that's on Peter's life. So here Jesus is taking a walk with these two men, Seven miles in the wrong direction. For most people, coming to, to faith in Jesus is a journey, step by step, discovering more. And maybe you've been journeying alongside family or friends for some time, praying that they would discover this hope we have in Jesus. Well, be encouraged that Christ lives in you and he can speak words of life through you to these people. And my prayer is that this year, I would be more aware of God's presence on a daily basis so that in walking with him, 
I'm available to follow his nudges, to come alongside those people that he wants me to. So let's jump back to the story. Jesus says to them, How foolish you are, how slow to believe all the prophets, uh, all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going further, but they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it's nearly evening, the day's almost over. So he went in to stay with them, and when they were at the table, he took the bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Their eyes were opened, they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. And they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? So we've got the benefit of knowing what these guys didn't know, what they hadn't put together. They'd been around him, they'd seen his teaching, his miracles, maybe even saw Lazarus, you know, come out of the the grave, and yet they didn't realize the path that, that Jesus had to take. Peter, speaking only a few weeks later at Pentecost, shares about Jesus from a prophecy in Psalm 16.10. For you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You can't, be ama- you can't help but be amazed at how Jesus fulfilled prophecy. The Old Testament, how it points all towards Jesus so clearly, and yet it was almost hidden from the powers of darkness that they couldn't comprehend God's plan. 1 Peter 1 says... Even the prophets wanted to know more when, when they prophesied about this gracious salvation prepared for you. The good news is, this good news, Peter says, is so wonderful that even the angels are eagerly watching these things happen. In Psalm 22, we read about pierced hands and feet, the thirst Jesus would have experienced on the cross, the soldiers dividing his garments among themselves and throwing dice for his clothing, which we read in the Gospels how that happened. Isaiah 53, we read, he was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. The Lord laid on him the sins of all of us. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. He was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave. As Jesus opened scripture and prophecy to them, the pieces of the puzzle would have started to come together. And God loves to speak to us through his word. He brings revelation when we ask the Holy Spirit to come and to speak to us. And if you find it hard to make sense of the Bible at times, it's okay. You know, I encourage you to, to learn from other believers who, who know the word, to have a good study Bible, to ask people you know, what apps or, or uh, podcasts they recommend. As these men, they traveled along the road chatting with Jesus, his word was sown like a seed in their heart. They were starting to understand God's plan for our redemption was for Jesus to suffer and die and rise again. And this this was so exciting. You know, they just had to invite Jesus in. And as Jesus broke the bread and gave it to them, their eyes were open. You know, maybe they'd remembered his words from three nights earlier, saying... When you do this, remember me. And when they invited Jesus in, they were positioned to receive his grace, a grace that's freely available to us. Jesus tells the disciples in verse 44 that there's forgiveness of sins for all who repent. 
And I love that despite our failings, Jesus will bring us back on track. God wanted the disciples in Jerusalem. His whole plan for the gospel was that it would go out from Jerusalem to Judea to the ends of the earth. Jesus went out of his way to bring them back to where they were supposed to be. Have you found God do this in your life? Nudge you back to where you're supposed to be? A song we were introduced to a few weeks back has a line in it that says, Take me back to where we started. I open up my heart to you. And this line really hit home for me at our collective pursuit night service a few weeks back. As I went back in my thoughts to times when God has spoken into my life, those words of comfort, words of calling, times when I stood at Easter camp overcoming the fear of man, a time when I was 15, I was sitting on a balcony at Rarotonga, uh, we were there on a mission trip, and, I, and just saying, wow, God, you're real, you know, I'll, I want to serve you wherever you want me to. And as we sung, I pictured Abraham in the hard times when things weren't going well for him, when the promises hadn't yet come to pass, going back in his mind to when God, you know, said, look at the stars, your descendants will be like the stars or like the sands on the seashore. And I pictured Joshua when he was in the midst of battle, thinking back to where it started, thinking back to uh, hanging out in the tent of meeting after Moses had met face to face with God, or when after Moses had died and, and he was the one to lead Israel, and God says to him, wherever you set your foot, your foot will be on land I have given you. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Will you hold on to the promises of God and God's word, to the words that he's spoken to you, the call that he has on your life? When things get hard, when, you, when you're in the thick of battle, will you remember the, the things God has shown you, that he's spoken to you, the victories that you've had? And in saying that, you know, we remember back, but it's not just remembering back to the good old days. The second line in that song is, I open up my heart to you. Because it's also about stepping in to what God has for us next. You know, not being like Israel going, oh, I miss all that quail in the desert. You know, it just turned up when I wanted it. God had so much more for them as they entered the promised land. With their eyes now open, these, these guys said, we're not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road. And I think this, this sentence sort of captured my thoughts when I was uh, thinking on what to speak on for this talk. We're not our hearts burning while he spoke with us. Do you know that feeling when your heart is burning within you, when Jesus is speaking into your heart, revealing truth from his word, truth about who he is, his thoughts about you? It might be in those times of worship. You know, there was no preaching at the, the night service, yet God spoke into my heart in a way where I had tears, you know, coming down my face. I had an incredible joy on the inside. Or maybe it's a time when someone shares a word that really from God that really resonates inside of you. Or you might be praying or just reading the Bible, and as you sense God speak, your heart burns to know God more, burns to be changed by Him. Your heart burns for those who don't know Him, who aren't walking with Him. It burns to live a life of purpose beyond the mundane week before Christmas, we were on a youth summer camp, and some of our youth were leading an awesome time of worship. 
on the Saturday night, and there was just a hunger in the room. There was a, a joy. You know, people weren't looking at the time or the clocks or the program or didn't want it to end too soon. They just had this desire to simply worship God. It was, it was so good. Do you know that hope, that joy, that enthusiasm that comes when we're filled with the Holy Spirit? As Jesus brings revelation to these two men, as they spend time in his presence, it sets something, a light within them. And I was, I was listening to those words. I also went back in my mind to those early days of falling in love with cat. The flirting, the hanging out, some people might remember. Uh, <laughs> in fact, this morning we were in the pit and um, I was thinking the, the first time that pit was ever used was for uh, our proposal. And um, I'd, I'd led her from the limousine in, the, in through the back door, blindfolded, and took the blindfold off and candles all around, the candle at table. Uh, <laughs> So anyway, it's like this romantic movie montage. And, but I prayed, Lord, remind me of that love, that first love for my wife. We're coming up to 10 years, uh, our 10-year wedding anniversary in October. Flip. <laughs> 29? <laughs> you know, sometimes the pressures of life and, and having little ones bubble up in, in grumpiness um, with each other and... So my prayer for this year is, is that our, our marriage would grow stronger at 10 years and every year afterwards, that, you know, I'd, I'd get better at communicating with my wife <laughs> and just loving her. Revelation 2.4, God has this complaint for the church at Ephesus. He says, you don't love me or each other as you did at first. Look how far you've fallen. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. Is remembering that first love for God or maybe for your husband or wife, something that God wants to stir up within you. David cries out in Psalm 51, restore to me the joy of your salvation. The joy of your salvation. If we'll lean into God's, seeking him, being open to the work of his spirit, I know that that fire in your heart will burn stronger. So these men, they got up, they returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven, and those with them assembled and saying, It's true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. And then the two told of what happened on the way and how Jesus had, was recognized by them when he broke the bread. These two guys, they now walked differently. In fact, they probably ran back to Jerusalem. Something had changed within them. They, they weren't about to you know, sip a cup of tea after their dinner and say, Oh, that was jolly good. Nice to see Jesus, wasn't it? <laughs> They knew that they weren't in the right place, and they returned to Jerusalem at once. They got up, they shifted. They'd gone from despair to joy, from hopelessness to faith. And when we encounter Jesus, a shift takes place. Our lives are transformed, and, and this is the vision for our church, that lives would be transformed, that people would encounter God, young and old. Will you put your hand up for that? Jesus disappeared. See that hand. <laughs> Jesus disappeared the moment their eyes had been opened, but it doesn't end there. And our story doesn't end when we invite Jesus into our life, just as Don touched on this morning with communion. It's just the beginning. And when Jesus appears to the rest of the disciples, he tells them, I'll send the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised. 
but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, he helps us to recognize God's voice, God speaking to us and guiding us. He gives us a greater thirst for him that would be continually changed from the inside out, that we would be empowered to do those things that only God can do through us. Will 2021 be a year where you seek a greater awareness of God in your life? Jesus says, if you seek me, you'll find me. If you ask, it will be given. So when I was 20, I realized my vision was blurry, that the path I was on was dangerous, that I could pull out to overtake someone and put my life and someone else's life at risk. I realized that I was actually missing out. So I went to the optometrist and I got glasses. I could now see. I could now see individual leaves on trees. <laughs> I could now see those little letters that spelt out Zingerburger and popcorn chicken <laughs> at KFC. <laughs> Jesus is near. He wants to walk with you and talk with you. And I wonder, is there one thing in your life, in your week, that would just help you lift your eyes up to see him? Jesus often would say, he who has ears, let him hear. And for some, it might be taking out the, the earbuds. For me, it's probably actually putting some in with some music or, or some worship or, or speaking downloaded on it. Whatever it is, is finding that space in your week. I remember in my early 20s, and, and it would just be those times hanging out in your bedroom with God. Uh, or maybe that everyone was out of the house and you could just crank up the music and and uh, spend that time with him. It's a little bit harder to find those places for me nowadays. But if we're to know what to say yes to and what to say no to in life, it comes out of our relationship with our maker. Jesus went out of his way to bring these two men that he cared so deeply about back on track and into the purposes that he had for their life, that they would know forgiveness the resurrection power, that they would receive the Holy Spirit so they could be witnesses out into the world. So will we lean in this year and desire more to be empowered through the Holy Spirit to take, be able to take this message to those who are yet to know the love that Jesus has for them, that he's not a swear word, that he's not one bridge of many, that no one comes to the Father except through me. That he came and he died on a cross and he rose again so that we can be reconciled with God. I want to pray. Thank you, Jesus, that you are here. Thank you, Lord, that you open our eyes to you. Lord, thank you that you encourage us Lord, show us ways that we can lean into you today, this week, this year. Lord, remind us of words you've spoken to us in the past, of the, of the call that you have on our life. But Lord, may we be open to your presence, to your spirit, to, to you just stirring within us, within our heart, a love for you, a love for one another. Just this day, Lord, fill us with your spirit. 
bring a shift that only you can do and continually change us to be more like you. Amen. Hey, some of you might want to um, come forward and just respond in some way if, if there's been something that God's been speaking to you this morning about and, and you want to do that. There'll be a team of people down the front and you'll be able to uh, respond in that way. But, but I just wonder if there's anyone here that hasn't invited Jesus into your life that hasn't opened the door. These two men, they urged Jesus to come in. They didn't want to let him go past. They wanted him to come in and be with them. They urged him. You know, there's no point being half-hearted when we, when we invite Jesus in. Romans 10, 9, he says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So I just want to give you an opportunity. If there is someone here today that, that wants to do that, that wants to invite Jesus into your life, to experience that relationship that we can have with our Creator, then I just ask if we can just bow our heads for a moment. And if you'd put up your hand just to say, yeah, I want to invite Jesus in. I want to turn to Him, get back on track. Is there anyone that wants to do that today? I just ask that you would raise your hand now and I'd love to lead you in a prayer that you can pray after me. Thank you, I see that hand. Bless you. Is there anyone else? Wow. Hey, I'm gonna uh, lead us in a prayer. That is, this is so awesome. Uh, you can just repeat after me. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. That you took all my sins, paid the price. Jesus, I invite you to come into my life, to be my Lord and Savior, to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Thank you that you rose from the dead. Amen. Yeah, let's let's just give God some praise. That's awesome. Hand back to the team. Um, but yeah, if you do want prayer for, for anything that I've touched on today, just or that God's been speaking to you about, I encourage you to come on down. Awesome.